Well, today I mentioned I'm going to be preaching and a little different than normal. My normal thing, if you're new with us, is I like just going through five or ten verses of the Bible in order, just talking through it. Exegetical preacher, that's my thing. I love it. That's how I like to talk about the Bible, obviously read the Bible. But today I feel that God has given me a word. And in fact, our ministers group on Tuesday night, 40 pastors and leaders got together and I shared this just real practical off my heart and felt this week that this is what would be a blessing to Radiant Life. So I hope this is a blessing to somebody in the house. Uh, And we're just going to be all over the Bible. But two things I don't normally do is preach topically. And the second is use Google as my number one like research arm. So I wouldn't suggest doing that. But today I think you'll see where we're going. I think it'll make sense. And so we're going to look at Google and specifically, just so you can get it in your mind, like typing in exercise or typing in certain things. And then the first thing that it said, these are like the first blocks on the little, uh, what it would talk about that thing. And uh, so I love just the simplicity sometimes of maybe what God would give. So this morning, uh, we're going to be looking at this thought, this concept of discipline breeds discipline. In my own life, I find that there's a few things, and specifically one thing, that is a huge help to me personally when it comes to my life and being disciplined. Maybe for you it would be a different order or it would be something different, that's okay. But for me, if I get up in the morning and I exercise, then everything else just kind of falls into place. Uh, A big part of that is because of what I just mentioned, that when I exercise, I get up in the morning. Right? For me, I don't like running or I don't like doing other things later in the day. I just, I don't, my body doesn't like it. I don't like it. I'm not sure what it is, but I think I need to wake up. So when I wake up in the morning and get my day started by doing something to get my body healthy, then it feels to me like every other element of my life starts going in the right direction. In fact, I mentioned Google. When you think of our first thing this morning that I'm going to talk about, and uh, point one is pump some iron. Now, when I mention pump some iron, some of you are like, yeah, I'm never going to be in the, in the gym like with barbells and like, Ugh! or, you know, dumbbells doing your thing. A couple weeks ago, I had that 52 and a half pound uh, dumbbell and I did like one. I crunched, uh, you know, one of them. It was pretty, I felt pretty good about that. Uh, you might be like, that's not it. And I want to be sure you hear me today. When we think of exercise, Everybody might have a different exercise. Maybe there's not this many different exercises, but almost just in the room. My dad, he is a, I don't know if I can say, a religious walker. He walks all the time. Multiple, multiple times a week. He walks three or four miles. He goes. He may jog a little bit in there, but he's going to exercise. He's going to be healthy. And when he is, his doctor's like, come on. In fact, he's had a few heart attacks and a bunch of stints put in. And since then, He is now healthy and continues to do that. He doesn't run marathons. He's not running all crazy stuff, but he walks every single day. He also has a big dog, and the dog, I think, pulls him. So I think it's his workout holding his dog back, and he walks, and so that works out well. I was talking to Pastor Nate, actually. Uh, I don't know if he by chance is here this morning. I don't see him, but uh, he, uh, he does some things around his house. He's a big believer in stretching. Anybody like to stretch in the room? There's a few, a few. Okay, I'm not, I'm not a good stretcher. I'm going to be real. I just, I, I don't like stretching. But he stretches. And he's like, when I stretch in the morning, I, he does some other things, but he's like, I just feel good. Like the rest of the day, 
I feel like my back doesn't hurt. In fact, he's like, I've been stretching now for a good period of time. My back doesn't hurt any longer. Like all of these things. He exercises, makes these things happen. He's just saying like a dead hang. He just hangs on a bar. He's like, you do that for a while and it works every part of your body basically. It's pretty awesome. It doesn't matter. Maybe you're like, I like push-ups or nobody could possibly like sit-ups. So I'm not even going to mention sit-ups. But whatever it is, what is it that you can do? All of us can do something where we say, I am going to exercise. I'm going to be a little more healthy. Now, I mentioned pump some iron. My wife and I, for the last 12 weeks, we're 12 weeks in, we have been enjoying, we go to the Dublin Rec Center, and three, four, even five times a week, we've been consistent for 12 weeks. We go, we use dumbbells a lot, we use some of their machines, we jump on the treadmill a bunch of days, and then we do the most important part of it, is we go sit in the hot tub. Very important. For five or 10 minutes or 15, if we can handle it that morning, if we have time, and we just talk, and we, but before we get out of there, Apple Watch is always right, so I will burn 500 to 750 calories if I have an hour, an hour and 20 minutes, and I feel pretty good about that. That means if I have Taco Bell for lunch, like at least the first two tacos, I ate for breakfast. I mean, my body ate them while I was working out, right? Or my Dr. Pepper, you know, it's all good, right? It's all good. But there's something about it where we then sit and the discipline of going to work out causes us to sit and talk. And we found something we can actually do together and that's not always the case and everybody's schedule doesn't line up but we go and we, we do our dumbbell stuff and she does her weights and I do mine. Then we sit in that hot tub and we talk about what's going on. We talk about the day, maybe what God's doing, Talk about what is happening throughout the day. We've been running. We've been listening to worship music. We've been in this spot where all of a sudden I've had time with Jesus. I've had time in, to work my physical body so I feel healthy. I've had time to talk with my wife. And there's disciplines that begin to happen. For me, that first one is wake up and pump some iron. Proverbs 31, 17, and I thought this was a great verse for the morning, and shout out to all the ladies what the Bible would say. It says, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Right here, this Proverbs 31 woman, there's a reason that this verse is here, and guys, we all have the same thing in a different way. Uh, she needs to be strong because she cannot accomplish what God has called her to do if she's not strong. It's literally saying to the women, to this person, get your arms strong because you're going to need them. And there's something about realizing that when we're healthy and when we can do what God has called us to do because we're in a place of health, that we can do what he's called us to do. But literally, if we can't do it, we can't accomplish it, we can't fulfill his call as something as basic as our health. And I want to encourage us as a church to be a people that we don't all have to be 150 or 80 or 200 pounds or what. I'm not talking about a body type or about any of that. I'm talking about could we all be people who say, Lord, you've called us to, uh, to our temple and to honor it and to honor you in it. So, Lord, would you help me be healthy? Would you help me to do a little workout? Would you help me to eat a little food in the right way? And, Lord, would you guide me along that process and along that journey? Because Google says exercise improves mental health by reducing anxiety, depression, and negative mood, and by improving self-esteem and cognitive function. Now, I mentioned I don't normally go to Google for my stuff, but everybody who's ever worked out knows that all of that stuff is just true. It's not like Google needed to say that 
for it to come out. So that's why I feel pretty confident. If you work out, does it just mention anxiety, depression, negative mood, improving your self-esteem? All of these things happen from doing things that we all know. We all know we should do these things. We all know we should eat a little bit better and we should exercise. But something actually happens within us. And there's a moment where I believe God could be in heaven and when we're struggling with certain areas, he's like, hey, I've given you the tools. I've given you the tools and I don't need you to be a power lifter. I can promise that is not my personal goal. But this morning I was pretty pleased because when my brother came a few weeks ago, he's like, the best thing is like a dip machine and chin-ups and pull-ups. And so being able to do those, I've been on the assisted machine. And this morning I did 30 dips Pulling the bar, pushing up with no assist. 30 of them. I was like, come on, somebody. I can control my own body. That's what my brother, that's his terminology, I believe. I did chin-ups. They weren't quite 30, but I got six, five, and four in reps. I did pull-ups, very similar, but slightly different. The same number. I was like, a few weeks ago, I could not do that. There was 0% chance that I was going to get 30 dips. In fact, 12 weeks ago, there was 0% chance I was going to get one dip, if I'm being real. But there's something that happens, and when you feel good, and discipline breeds discipline, and you feel better in your mind, maybe you struggle with anxiety, depression, negative mood, we come to the Lord, and the Lord gives us ways in our physical body to work through some things where he can heal and just restore in a moment, 100%. But he also says, hey, maybe we should do what would be healthy Maybe we should work out a little. Maybe we should walk a little. Maybe we should jog a little. Whatever it might be. And I want to tell some folks in the room, it's worth the pain to get up. It's worth the effort. Even in a morning when you're like, I'm just tired. I don't want to do it. It's worth it. You don't often get on the other side of a workout and you're like, I just wish I wasn't quite as fit as I am. Anybody ever? Anybody in the room? No? I didn't think so. So pump some iron. It's worth the pain. It's worth the effort. Number two, and this doesn't get any easier. In fact, for some in the room, this might get more difficult. Number two today is find a friend. There's something that happens when we have a friend in our life. There's something that happens when we're not doing it alone, but we have somebody we can truly have iron sharpened iron with. There's somebody thing that happens when, when I don't know what to do, I can call somebody and I don't feel judged by them, but instead I feel encouraged by them. And they're like, hey, let me drop everything and come help rather than, well, if you would have done some stuff better, you wouldn't be in that spot or whatever else we can feel. I don't know if people actually say that as much as we feel that's what they would say. But this is a difficult spot because I would say that every single person in this room would say, yeah, Pastor Chris, I would love to have a friend. Everybody would love to have a friend. It's not like I'm choosing to not have a friend. It's not like I don't want any friends. I'm just going to do this all by myself. Like probably no one in the room is saying that. But having a friend, finding a friend is of vital importance. And it's not something we should just let happen or not happen based on the situations of life. And oftentimes I believe that's where we are. Another part is if you are extroverted in the room, it's like, what? people. I can be around people all day, every day. It's awesome. And then there's another half in summer that are extreme introverts. You'd say, I need like a month to build up to a good conversation. And then I'm drained. And maybe I'm being a little extra 
but maybe you'd be like, no, that's about right. In fact, I use, because I've talked to people in the room that you're like, that's not far off. And there's something, though, of realizing that just because people give me energy, if you didn't know, I'm an extrovert. Bring all the people. How many hundreds of people can I have in my house in one week? Come on, let's do it. I'm all in. Some of you be like, I don't even want to go to your house because there's too many people at your house. Like, woo. Right? But if you're on the other side, we all still need people. It just is a matter of how much energy it takes to have those people in our lives. A matter of how much energy I expend to have someone come over to my home. How much energy it takes for me to go have a conversation where all of a sudden I'm like, I feel better, but I also am entirely, well, I just need a nap. I need a nap, right? Like some of you go home after church and you're like, oh, I have to have at least a three-hour nap because that was way too much. And that's okay. It's not that that's a bad thing. We are created extroverts and introverts in the room. And we can work at being a little less crazy on the extrovert side. And we can work on being a little more people than maybe our natural feel is. But we're still going to receive energy or be drained based on how our body is. And my question is, are we willing to put the work in to have a friend in our life? Or are we just going to complain if we don't? And I've been there in a spot in my life where it's like, Lord, I just want a friend, not people. There's, there's also people, like church. Groups are a big part. They're helpful. But even more like a, a true one-on-one friend. Proverbs 27, 6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now, when you read this, it's like, faithful are the wounds of a friend. What's it saying? Even when a friend causes pain in your life, it's good. Now, you Hopefully they're not like stabbing you or like trying to, but for whatever reason. But the second part is, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. When a friend even does something that hurts, it's a whole lot better than an enemy who's just making all over you and who cares. We need people in our life. We need the goodness of God to be shown through the people around us. Now back to our trusty Google machine here on the internet. Friendship is the single most important thing affecting our psychological health and well-being, as well as our physical health and well-being. Spending time with our friends releases endorphins in the brain and makes us happy. Once again, we don't need some study. Google's not smart. This is obvious. We know this, but are we willing to put the time and the energy and the effort in to say, Lord, I'm going to get out of what I'm comfortable in and I'm going to go put myself out there to say, hey, would you want to come hang out at the house or would you want to go get some food or whatever it might be? And there's something that when we think, and sometimes I feel like in life in general, but maybe in the church world, is we want someone else to come befriend us or we want someone else to invite us or we want someone else to be the one that does it because that would be very nice. That would be biblical. That would be good. Except when you look at the Bible, just about every time when it's friend or what you do or a blessing, it's not, hey, just sit there and wait for a blessing to come. In fact, I don't know that's anywhere. The only one that came when we weren't asking was Jesus, and he's God. But every other time, we are the ones that are called to go. We are the ones that are called to bless. We are the ones that are called to help. We are the ones that are called to serve. We're not called to wait till someone serves us. We're not called to wait till someone blesses us. We're not called to wait until some friend come and befriends us. We are the ones that are supposed to and called 
to go. And we have to change our mindset, just like with exercise, that dumbbell is not going to wake me up, unless my wife threw it at me, I guess, then it could, right? And she's not going to. It's not going to hit me in the head and say, work out with me. The friend is not going to come and just show up, unless that's a miracle. And every once in a while, God works miracles. But it's our job to say, hey, you want to go get lunch? Hey, maybe you're a family. Hey, here's somebody else with kids. They probably get the, the craziness and chaos. You want to come and hang out at my house? And you don't have to worry about it because we have five kids too or we have three, you know, whatever. It takes energy though. And are we willing to stop saying, Lord, bring me a friend without being a friend, without looking for a friend? We have to stop. We've got to begin to do it. And I want to encourage you that just like tonight at our life group, I'm going to call it our life group fair, our tailgate party, you get to go and sit in a group and you say, you know what? These people are a little bit too young for me. You know what? There's a few too many kids in this group. You can literally go and sit in a group for five or ten minutes and say, eh, and move on to the next one. And move on to the next one. And did you know with friends, sometimes you invite somebody over or you go out to eat and you say, you know what? I love you guys. I mean, you don't tell them this. Don't tell them this. That would be rude. But you're like, I love you guys, but I think we should be a group friend or like a church friend. Maybe not like, I'm going to pour my heart out to you, friend. You know that every person in the room, that's not going to happen. So that means you have to invite somebody over and you have a good time. And, you, and you know, you're like, you know what? I think I would like to hang out with that group again. Or maybe say, there's somebody else at church maybe I should invite for that sort of a thing. You have to put the work in, the effort in to say, Lord, who can I bless? And Lord, maybe you would even give a friend while I'm in the process, while I'm pouring out, while I'm inviting someone else. Because if you feel like, man, no one ever, you can fill in the blank. Did you know there's probably a whole bunch of other people, in fact, I guarantee sitting right around you that have the same thoughts. Like, I just wish someone would. Will you be the one that extends that hand of friendship. You be the one that extends that encouragement. You be the one. And watch God bring friends into your life. Takes energy. Takes effort. But it's worth the time. It's worth the time. It's worth the energy to find a friend. So real practical this morning so far. Pump some iron. Don't actually have to use dumbbells or barbells or any of that stuff if you don't want to. You can do whatever you want. Find a way to exercise. Find a friend. That takes work. That's hard. That can be super difficult. But don't give up. Don't stop. Keep inviting people over. Keep asking people to go to food. Keep getting family and their family and your family together. Keep doing it. And God will give you more and more friends. And a few that are going to be lifelong. Or they're going to be friends you can share everything with. There's something about it. Third today, a little bit different, but it all leads in the same way, is go way deeper. When we think of our walk with God, and we think of our walk with who He is, and we think not just of church, but we think of Jesus. I want to know you. The God of the universe, I want to know you. It's so easy to be like, well, I went to church, I may even be in a life group, and I even came to a prayer time last month. Woo, I'm like all in. Maybe. But you know what? Our walk with God is not about a group prayer time or church on Sunday morning or even a group. It's about, does he have lordship of my life? It's about, do I spend every time and moment I can with him? It's about, do I even think about God throughout the day or is God a complete afterthought? And I work through all the problems and situations and struggles 
And then later on, I'm like, oh, Lord, you think you can make tomorrow better than today? And it's possible. He's there like, I've been there the whole time if you just reach out to me. And how do we do that is we begin to go on a process of saying, Lord, I'm not only going to be a Sunday or Wednesday or Friday or whatever Christian. I'm not only going to be in the morning or in the evening when I might even do devotion. But Lord, I'm going to give you every part of who I am. And I want you to know something. It's not always easy to start that process. It's not always like, yeah, this is great. In fact, some in the room might be like, I don't even know what I would do. Like fasting I get, like you don't eat. But the rest of the fasting, the prayer time, look, how do I do it? And I, I just want to throw something out there to you. When you begin to give God your time, when you begin to say, Lord, I'm just going to sit down with my Bible. Or Lord, I'm going to turn on your word while I'm driving to church or, or, or to work. Or you know, Lord, I'm going to turn on some worship music rather than my sports or than my, my country or my 80s rock or whatever other stuff. It's possible that even just putting our mind where God is, that all of a sudden he starts to speak to you because you're in the word. You're listening for him. You're spending time in prayer. In fact, it's not possible. You will begin to hear him. You will begin to experience him. You will begin to get a desire for him. And just like when you go to the gym and you start working out and you start saying, you know what, I see some results on the scale or in the mirror, or I see results in how I feel. And you say, I want to keep doing this. I don't want to quit. This is good. Or you start having people and you're like, it's fun. It may be draining, but it is fun to have people that I can share life with. It's fun that I can share my house with people, what God's given me with people, who he is in me with people. It's fun. Friends are good. The same when I start to actually give God myself and say, Lord, I want you to change me and mold me. I want revival to happen right here in my life. Bring it to my church. Bring it to our world. But right here, God, start right here. Then all of a sudden, you begin to hear him and experience him. And he starts to speak to you. And he starts to show up in your life. And all of a sudden, you're like, I never would have done that. Or I never would have shared that with that. Or I never would have encouraged that person. Or I never would have. But when we are in the presence of God... Just like this morning, I could do dips. I couldn't believe it. 30, come on. You start to hear the voice of God and you say, Lord, like, I think we have a true relationship. You like talk to me. This is fun. I want more time in the word. I want more time doing those things. And all of a sudden, not only when I'm in the car or not only in certain, I'm going to make a block of time in my day. Everything changes when we start doing that. Pastor Brian, I love it for our staff. I don't know, two or three times this week, he just texted, hey, I'm going to be in the sanctuary for 30 minutes at this time to this time, if anybody wants to come join. Now, I was really bummed because both times I was in a meeting and I couldn't come. It's like, come on, that's not good timing, Pastor Brian. But what happens in our life when we're like, you know what, I just need to hear the Lord, so I'm going to go spend 30 minutes and let God speak to me. Maybe God will give me the answer I need rather than me just fumbling through life. Why would I want to do that? And you go spend some time with God and he reveals to you what you need to know. He shows you and you start to say, this is so much better than being a Christian. Yes, knowing Jesus, but not actually giving him lordship where I actually believe that God wants to be with me and answer my, my needs and my worries and my concerns. And even more than that, he just wants to know me and for some reason he wants me to know him. What? But when I get in a place where my life is disciplined, all of a sudden, you want more of God. And I can tell you, I've never heard anybody say, I just wish this week I would have prayed a little less, heard God a little less this week. I wish he would have done a, one less miracle this last month. I, 
Nobody ever says that. But do we say, I just want more of God, but do we do anything to experience God? Because I want you to know something, God has not left. God is present. God is with you. God goes before you. And it's time for us, his church, to start saying, Lord, I'm going to learn to listen for your voice. I'm going to learn to hear what you have to say. The word of God is going to transform my life because that's what it does. But I can't, it can't transform my life if I'm not in the word of God. If I don't know the word of God. So Lord, I'm going to spend time in your word. I'm going to spend time meditating on your word. And if that means this year I'm going to read through the entire Bible and that's a blessing to you. Or you say, you know what? I don't get anything. Well, what if you, you study one chapter a day and let that chapter change your life? It's not about the method of the workout. It's not about the method of how you get a friend besides you going and inviting. It's not about the method, but it's about, Lord, what do you want me to do? And Lord, I'm going to do it. And you know what? If you get into it and you're like, I just can't read the Bible that much. Why don't you read a little less and study a little more? Why don't you read a little less and meditate on the word a little bit more? Maybe some people, it's too easy and you need to do more. Well, do that. But don't just stop. Don't just quit, I don't want to walk, or I don't want to exercise. Don't just go, ah, there's nobody likes me. No, that's a lie of the devil. And don't just stop being in the word of God and letting him transform your life, because that's what this all is about. That's why we come on a Sunday. That's why we have a tailgate kickoff. That's why we do groups. It's because we want to see the power of God mold us and make us and transform us. And Sunday mornings are good. I love them. They're my favorite. I love group gatherings. I'm the most extroverted person pretty much there is. But I need people that also say, hey, God wants to speak. God wants to move. God wants to show up. Sitting with people on Friday, got to talk to somebody that came in for a special conference that we, I had the privilege of hosting. It was so good. I didn't even know the guy, but he knows a lot about me now. It was so good. God spoke through this guy. God spoke over and over. I don't want to go back. In fact, Ezekiel 22, 21 and 22, and that whole section in Ezekiel chapter 22 talks about the people of Israel who have gotten off course. Uh, God's not overly pleased with them, but it talks about him being a refining fire. And when you think of a refining fire, uh, that does not sound good. And as a human, to be put into a refiner's fire, that's, I mean, you'd die if it was a, like an oven, right? But it hurts if you put silver or gold, the tin and the copper and the junk within there, what happens to it? It burns away. It's too hot. It goes and it gets purified. And Ezekiel 22, 21 and 22 says, I will gather you and blow on you with the fire, catch this, of my wrath. I don't know that I want the wrath of God per se, but let's keep going. And you shall be melted in the midst of it. As silver is melted in a furnace, so you shall be melted in the midst of it. And you shall know that I am the Lord. I have poured out my wrath upon you. And I want the church and in my own life, I'm praying, Lord, I want the pain of going through the refiner's fire. Lord, if you need to pour your wrath out upon me, I want your wrath to pour out upon me. So I come out on the other side and I know that the Lord is God. That I'm not doing my own thing and figuring out what society or culture wants me to do or what my school district or I don't care about any of that stuff. Lord, what do you want me to do? And if I need to repent, I need to bring anything before you, then Lord Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you burn it out of me? Burn it away 
And I want to invite you not to just be like, Lord, I want you to speak. Lord, I want something good. Lord, I want the miraculous. I think everybody would say, yeah, let's do that stuff. But Lord, if I need something burnt out of me, I'm willing even to have, in fact, I ask, Lord, put your wrath on me for a season so I can come out on the other side and be refined and pure and holy. That's a hard thing to pray. If you want to look like a bodybuilder, guess what? It's hard. There's probably going to be injuries in that process because you push yourself. If you want friends, some things are going to go well and sometimes you're going to let people in your life and someone's not going to be a good friend to you. I want to give you warning. Everything's not going to be perfect. But when you say, Lord, your goodness, your blessing, your guidance, it's worth it, the pain of working out. It's worth it, the pain even of our friendships that don't go how we want. It's worth it, so worth it. Lord, refine me. Make me new to walk with the Lord, the God of the universe. I would say it's worth the genes because if you get to know the Lord, you're going to be on your knees. Today's day and age, some of you could use some prayer time on your knees. Just really cool. Rip those genes up, right? The power of God. It's worth throwing out some genes. It's worth getting some calluses on your knees to experience the power of God. The reward is unlike anything we could ever ask for. Because you can't see that reward except for God being poured out. We've got to let him move in our life. And the last thing as we close this morning, pump some iron, find a friend, go way deeper, is raise up a Joshua. If we do everything God has called us to do and we don't raise up anybody behind us, we're not discipling anybody behind us, we kind of waste the whole point of it all. In fact, when we think of Joshua from the Bible, Moses had led the children of Israel. 40 years they wandered around in the wilderness. And for 40 years they were like 11 days from the promised land. This was not a big problem. All they had to do was go there. But they weren't released to go. They weren't free to go because of sin, of Moses, the people. They just never were allowed to go. But Joshua was raised up. He was ready. He stayed true to the Lord. And when Moses passed away, it was time what God had called. Joshua could lead them into the promised land. And there's something about realizing that there's seasons and times where we may not get where we want to go. We may not see the the completion of what we want. But Joshua was raised up and his generation, they were ready to move into the promised land. They were ready to get the fullness, the result of what was to be. They were ready to fight for the victories and to occupy the land God had prepared for them. And if we do not raise up another generation, and that generation may be literally like I'm in my 20s or 30s. I mean, I'm in my 30s, almost 40. So, you know, I'm there. So I'm going to go back a generation, someone in their teens or 20s. Absolutely. But it's also possible that somebody that's your same age, someone you befriend, that you get to disciple them and encourage them and pour into them. And you're raising somebody up. Maybe in your area of ministry, you're raising somebody up to be able to lead that. And God will call you to a new thing, to take a step maybe under someone else that's raising you up. This Joshua concept is so important. Because on the other side of Joshua, said that nobody was raised up. Nobody remembered what God had done. They forgot it. And it went from Moses to Joshua to nothing. And we cannot be a church that drops the ball. We can't be a church that the next generation, the people around us, those that are kids, they're over there right now, we must raise them up to serve. 
We must raise them up to be all that God has called them to be. And I'll tell you what, I love seeing kids like those two back there on the camera who they're serving God. That today, uh, Xander, his first day of running cameras is today. Because he says, I want to sign up. I want to be a part. That's right. Let's give him a hand. My son Jordan's back there training him. Come on. There's something about realizing that raising on a camera, that's not going to change his life. But the whole process of what God is doing and of serving and being of use. And you don't have to wait till you're 18 or 25 or some magic number. What does God have for you? Raise somebody. Raise somebody up and release them into the ministry God has. Discipline breeds discipline. And in our life, personally... I need to be working out because when I work out, my relationship with my wife's better. My relationship with God's better. My relationship with my friends are better. My relationship with the world is better. And Google gave us some really good reasons why. Less anxiety, depression, negative mood, better self-esteem, better cognitive function. Right friendship affects our psychological health and well-being as well as our physical health and well-being. There's something about, Lord, let discipline be who I am. Because, Lord, I never want to miss what you are doing in my life. And today my prayer is that as we close this time, that nobody feels like, oh, man, this just beat me. Or there's, no, that's not what this is. But if God would speak to you, maybe it's, oh, Lord, Help me at least get up and do some push-ups or do some walking. Or What is it? What do you need to do? With a friend, do you need to start, oh, Lord, give me some strength, some energy, because I need to have a friend. I need to make some friends. I need to pour into some people. Lord, I need to know you more. Help me to get in your word. Help me to be on my knees. Help me to worship. Help me to fast. Nobody wants to fast. But I'll tell you what, you start fasting, it, God messes with your life. You start giving up what you value the most. And saying, Lord, I'm going to value what you matter or what you value the most. Something happens. It will change you. Let him take you deeper. And then look for him. Listen for him to help you be his hands and feet. And find somebody to raise up behind you. It's worth the discipline. It's worth the growth. This morning, whichever one it is, would you hold on to that thing? As I pray, would you just hold on to that? Ask the Lord to give you away. Maybe... Maybe health, Lord, I don't know. I've never had something that I've done well. Well, ask God to give you away what you can do, how you can eat a little more healthy, how you can exercise, whatever it might be. Find a friend. Go way deeper. Raise up a Joshua. Lord, we love you, and we're thankful. And I pray that every person in this room, I pray, would be encouraged through this word. Lord, that we don't want people that are super spiritual in you, but Lord, they, their physical body is falling apart. And Lord, we don't need people that are all fit and whatever, but Lord, they don't have a relationship with you. It all goes together. Discipline breeds discipline. And Lord, would you help us in every area of who we are be healthy. Let us exercise. Let us have friends in our life and put the energy in to have friends and to bless those around us. Let us go deeper in you. And Lord, let us have a Joshua that we're raising up behind us. Lord, never let it be said that the next generation did not know of the works that you did, didn't know you. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. You are so good, God. You are so good. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Bless this church. Let them be your hands and your feet today. Move in them. Move through them. We love you and thank you, Jesus. You are so, so good. You're so good. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
Before we leave this morning, we're going to throw up a, a screen or a slide on the screen. And if you say, you know what, I'm not a part of a group at Radiant Life Church. I want to personally invite you to Foundations Life Group on Friday night. It starts this coming Friday night. Uh, I'm going to be out of town. My wife, she'll be running that. It's going to be a great time getting that going. I look forward to being there in future times. We just get to talk about the foundations of Radiant Life. And if you say, I want to be a part of Radiant Life, I want to be in leadership, who knows in the future, this is for you. Uh, Friday night, starting this week, Pastor Dave runs a different version on Sunday morning that you can join as well. But we want you to be a part. There's also, all of our other groups are on there. Come, get involved, jump into what's going on. Tonight is the greatest way, the easiest way to become a part, as you can literally join us in the gym we're going to have all of our groups set up. They'll have their own, little, their own little deals. Bring some food. You can bring it, add it to somebody, bring a tailgate item. And then we'll help you get connected to a group that makes sense for you. I was joking around before, but only kind of. Maybe you get in a group and you say, I don't know if this is the right group. There's a whole bunch more. We want to find the group that you feel connected to, you feel a part of. And so come join us tonight. We'll help you get plugged in where you can be a part of a circle part of a family rather than just a row that we do on Sunday morning. And uh, so thank you so much. As I said, we would love, Pastor Rachel and I, love to have you come to ours, Foundations Life Group. You can check it all out there. Come talk to us if you need more information. And lastly this morning, one more time, if you are interested in any way in going to Tanzania October 15th through the 28th, come join us right up here, front row over here. We're going to talk about that and I uh, would love to have you be a part of what God's doing. If you're not sure or you're like, I don't know, well, come. This is for you. This is the meeting for you. You're not signing up for anything. It'll just give you the details so you can know what's happening and so that you, with God, uh, can, can pray and decide if this is what God would have for you. Love you all, Radiant Life Church. So blessed by you. Pray you have a great day. Pray you come at 6 o'clock meeting right here and uh, that God would bless you this week. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.